Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope, that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. your notes out. We're going to jump right into uh, the message this morning. It's good to be back. It was off last Sunday. Thank you so much for uh, letting us rest and just spend time as a family. But man, it's always good good to be back with family and friends. And like the host team said earlier, we pray that you feel this is home, a place that you feel welcomed, a place that no matter what you can understand today, you belong even before you may believe that you have a place you can call home, that we wanna help you experience God, make friends, find purpose, and dream big, and in your life, day in and day out. We truly do believe that being connected to God's house is one of the best things uh, that we can do. And on Father's Day, I'm just celebrating the honor it's been to be a father shepherd just turned three, uh, March 29th, which is crazy. Time flies, but one of the things I've been loving about being a dad currently is I've finally, now that he's three and we can kind of have conversations together, I've been able to step into the realm of dad jokes. How many of you guys have a dad that they just tell the worst jokes? Okay, a few of us, all right? Now, one of the things I'm, I'm really excited about now is Shepard is finally queuing me up for one of my favorite dad jokes, right? He's three now, so a lot of times he'll, he'll say this little phrase, he'll go, Dad, I'm hungry, and I'll say, hi, hungry, I'm dad. Boom, got him roasted, right? Like, I love doing that. He doesn't get it, but I laugh, and I love it, right? Or maybe it's the idea, maybe you had your dad uh, say this, hey, dad, can you call me later? And he'll say, no, I want to call you by your name, right? Like, that's the funny things that we get to step into as dads. I also did a little Google search of some stories that people have about just the terrible dad jokes that are out there. I wanted to read some, some to you today. So this is from a guy named Brian. He says, my dad always used to order a pizza by saying, I'll order a 747, And when it was quiet on the other side of the line, he would say, you know, a large plane. Pretty bad, pretty bad. Hopefully that sits in for a little bit. All right, there you go. My dad would always ask me, how many leaves do you think are on that tree? I'd say, I didn't know. And he'd say, all of them. That was from a daughter, Whitney, would say that. (laughs) Um, I would would always ask my dad where he was going if he was leaving for the day. And he would always say, I'm going crazy. You wanna come? That's from Serena that wrote that. And this is my favorite one. This is my favorite one. It's from a guy named Logan. He wrote this. He said, every time, I was in the car with my dad and the phone was ringing he would say this to me what does a highlighter say when it answers the phone he'd answer the phone and go yellow yeah come on that's so funny stuff right there. <laughs> now we just get to have fun right and step into joy during today but also I understand first and foremost as well that this could be a difficult day as well For me, I get to remember all the times I laughed and had so much joy fill my life because of my father, but it's also because now, in these days, I have to walk through each day absent of a father, because my dad passed away almost seven years ago now, and that's difficult, and that's hard to walk through, and maybe you're walking through that today. I want you to know you're not walking through it alone. Maybe you're here in this place today, and that the word father has a it's kind of taboo in your heart and your soul because of just what you grew up with. I want you to know today, just like we prayed earlier, Man, God wants to be our heavenly father first and foremost. 
It's the phrase that he uses to describe himself in his word over and over and over again. Because he wants you to know first and foremost that he is a good father who cares for you, is with you, and loves you no matter what. You don't have to earn his approval, earn his love. It's available to you today. And that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about the imprint that people leave in our life, really leaning into this word, legacy. If you want to write down the title for today's message, it is, you leave what you live. You leave what you live. As I was preparing this message, I realized that one of the things that I've remembered most about my dad, but also just people of influence in my life, is I remember how they lived. Not so much what they said, not so much how much success they had, but I remember the way they approached life. I remember how they approached times that were difficult and times that were good. I remember my dad was a pretty quiet person. He was a man of few words unless we were talking about Florida State football or the Tampa Bay Bucks, which is why I pray for sports all the time because it's like a reminder that it was really important to my dad, yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing as well, I remember the way he lived. One of the things I remember about my dad is that he was always present. I mean, it's, it's impossible to be a perfect dad, but you can be a present dad. One that's just always there. My dad never missed any sort of sports game in my entire life. Now, when I'm a kid, of course that makes sense. But I'm telling you today that when I was like 24, 25, 26 years old, playing in like a church softball league, my dad was still like on the front row of the bleachers cheering me on. I'm like, that's my dad. And they're like, does he know you're like pushing 30? I'm like, yeah, but he's here, man, which is great. And I remember that. And so really what I wanna challenge us today is, and to lean into a little bit deeper, is this idea of how we're living right now the legacy that we're leaving, the imprint that we're making in people's lives around us. Because it starts first and foremost with recognizing the legacy that God's placed in our life. In Psalm chapter 71, I love this verse, starting in verse 17 through 19, it says this. It says, oh God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. Now this is David, very important person in the Bible. He was king, he defeated the giant Goliath. He had a very close relationship with God. He's saying this things, these things, oh God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood. It's why we have kids' church, because we want them to know even at a young age, God's good, he's their heavenly father. And now I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. I love this, because I'm getting there. Now that I'm old and gray, do not abandon me, God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Your righteousness, O oh God, reaches to the highest heavens. You have done such wonderful things. Who can compare with you, O oh God? Would you underline that last phrase for me? Who can compare with you, O oh God? What I wanna give you today is that the best legacy that we can leave, the best life that we can leave behind us is one that above all else, to our families, to our friends, to our coworkers, to our neighbors, to anyone that comes across our path, the best thing we can leave with them is pointing them to the goodness of God. Pointing them to understand that there is a God who loves them. That there is a God that shows up in the good times and the bad times. That there is a God who rescued us, redeemed us, restored us back into relationship with him. A God who has forgiven us and set us free through his son, Jesus. The best generational impact we can know is letting for years to come people know that God is good, God is for you, who can be against you. Jesus has conquered death and sin and you're alive today because of him. Come on, if you believe that today, let's get excited. Let's Shout amen and clap and get ready to go today. 
Because here's what legacy is, right? Write this down. Legacy is leaving something or passing on something of eternal value. Passing on something of eternal value. There's only one thing that has eternal value, and it's the message of Jesus, the good news of the gospel, that the Son of God came to this earth to forgive us and set us free. When we deserve death, he gave us life. Passing on eternal value of things like honor and integrity and endurance and love and peace and joy. That's what's so important today, and that's what has true, true eternal value. So I encourage you, let's open our hearts today. Let's write some things down. We're gonna lean into one of my favorite stories from the Bible, talking about how important it is to keep this message going. And just so you know, the reason that we're able to hold this thing we call the Bible that teaches us and instructs us and fills us with hope that we know has a name and that name is Jesus. The reason we're still able to talk about the good news of Jesus is because for years on, before it was ever written down, it was passed on by one family, by one friend telling the other person and just trickled down the line. It was called an oral tradition that they held so true to these stories, they held so true to these real events and promises that they couldn't help but share it with other people. So let's believe that today as we pray. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me and let's lean in this morning. God, I'm so thankful for everybody here. God, I'm so thankful that the life that you've left us with is the life of your son Jesus that was laid down and sacrificed for us. But we know in three days, Jesus conquered death and he's alive today and he's with us right now, praying for us, lifting us up. So God, I pray right now that we would simply lean in, we would write notes down that these scriptures and notes that we're talking about would really encourage us and lift, encourage us and lift us up. Just like we said before, God, we pray for all of our local kids next door. We pray that you would encourage them, help them know right now that you are their heavenly father and that Jesus is their very best friend, that you would make an impact in their life right now. And God, I'm so thankful for our church. I love being able to be here today. And God, after last night, we need you to show up this week to help our Tampa Bay Lightning move forward to that Stanley Cup victory. In Jesus' name, we all say and agree, amen. Come on, let's clap our hands. Let's get ready to go today. And I might be leaving a legacy of you. That guy plays, play, prays for the Lightning a lot. Well, you know, after last night, we need it. It was a really heartbreaker last second, like not scoring a goal, which was hard to walk through, but you know, it's okay. But one of the things about legacy that I love is passing on, again, things of eternal value. And sometimes I see things on social media that, that really, really make me laugh, right? Like things that we really spent a lot of time learning about and we've probably never used before. I just have one quick one and maybe you'll relate to it today. I saw this tweet that reminded me of times when I would ask, when am I ever gonna use this? She says, another beautiful day without using sine, cosine, or tangent. Come on, man, like, like we, I don't know when I've ever used that outside of my high school algebra tests, right? Like unless you're an algebra teacher, I don't really know how you're using that. Uh, probably because I wasn't a good math student, right? But there's things that, you know, legacy is passing on something of eternal value, sine, cosine, tangent, all that stuff, not really eternal value, right? Like, I don't know when I've used it again. I remember when one of the conversations I had with my dad, uh, as, when Adrian and I, our relationship was getting serious and we got engaged, he sat me down one time and he was like, just son, just so you know that uh, when things are going a little diff difficult at home, when you're having arguments with your wife, just remember those three little words, 
whatever you want. I was like, Dad, that's great. I'm going to use that all the time, right? Not I love you, honey, whatever you want, right? It's going to help out a lot. And I've used that a little bit in my marriage in these first five years, right? But today, again, is about leaving something of eternal value. You leave what you live. Really, write this down for me. I want you to understand this today, that it's not about what you do. It's about why you do it. Shepherd has entered into the funny phase of asking why every time we ask him to do something. Hey, Shepherd, you know, let's clean up your toys. Why? Hey, Shepherd, let's, you know, put on your shoes before we go outside. Why? Like, he's so, he, at a young age, it's so desperately important for him to know why. Well, that's something we don't really lose. See, we can think about, you could probably list off all the what's that you have to do today, all the what's that you have to do this week, but if you, if you don't have a significant why to why you're doing this, it's not gonna go the distance. If you don't have meaning behind what you're doing, it's not gonna go the distance. If it's just a bunch of what's of like, I wanna do this, I wanna do this, and you don't have a why at the center, it's not gonna hold true. I mean, the most watched TED Talk of all time is this title, Start With Why, because that's what everything is about. We have a very important why here at local church, to bring the hope of Jesus local, so that people know that hope is not an emotion or a feeling, but it's a person. That person has a name, and that name is Jesus. We're going to do whatever it takes to introduce you to him. That's our why. It helps us get through the difficult times. It helps us celebrate in the great times. Adria and I are learning that we need a really important why as a family, that our why is that we just want to be a family that echoes the love of Jesus to people around us. We tell Shepherd, your why, buddy, is that you just want to be a good friend and you want to bring joy into every room that you're in. Like, that's our why, to provide for our family generationally and year after year. You have to have that deep, inherent, significant why that keeps you going. What we're going to see in one of my favorite Old Testament, Old Testament stories is really a big why that these people of God, the Israelites, began to walk with. If you look on your note card up on the screen, in Joshua chapter 3, starting in verse 7, we pick up this story. I'll read it for you, then I'll kind of give you the context. It says this, the Lord, said, uh, Lord told Joshua, today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Now give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. So let me give you some context of what's going on. Israelites, they are still kind of on their exodus out of slavery of Egypt. They've been wandering the wilderness for 40 years because they did the thing that God does not like and that was complain and think that they knew better than God. God isn't about any of that at all. And a guy named Moses led them through those 40 years. But now they are stepping into what was called the promised land, the land that God had provided for them. Talked about a land flowing of milk and honey. Sounds good to me. I like cereal. I like Honey Nut Cheerios. So that sounds good to me. Let me go there, right? But here's the thing. Moses, he was passing on his leadership mantle to Joshua. And Moses is one of the most important people in the Bible who had a true, as the Bible tells us, a true friendship with the Lord. He would literally go up on the mountaintop and meet with God as a friend meets with a friend. He performed some of the most amazing miracles we've ever seen. Parting the Red Sea, water from a rock, walking through the 10 plagues and leading the Israelites out of slavery from Egypt. And now Joshua has to step into this role because what's happening now is they're about to cross the Jordan River to begin taking ground of the promised land that God had provided with them. The first city they were going to take was the city of Jericho. 
And if you've ever heard the story about the walls of Jericho, they were massive walls where two chariots could run side by side along them, a really heavily fortified city. And they saw this city and like, okay, well, this is a little, this is a little overwhelming, God, but if you say we can do it, let's do it. And Joshua is at the, the focal point of all of this. And so in Joshua chapter three, we pick up where this journey begins. And what the Israelites have to do is they have to cross the Jordan River to begin their march towards Jericho. Now, what's hard about that is this group of Israelites was probably in the one million to two million people. Quite a lot of people, right? Like, I've never been around that many people, but that seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to have to lead. Seems like a lot of people to have to walk across a river that is flowing and gushing rapids all over the place, right? What we're gonna see is that God is giving specific instruction to Joshua. As you see in verse eight, it says, when you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. We're gonna see what happens in a moment. But I want, I want you to underline for me the phrase in this verse. It says, today I will begin to make you a great leader. I want you to know today that you are a leader in your life because all of us lead at least one life. The life that we all lead is ours. And God has called us to really lead our life well so that it can impact those around us. See, the thing is that whether we are called to influence one person, 10, 100, or 1,000 people, we have to take that seriously because it's important. Some of us, we know the great legacy that our Father has imprinted on our life. Some of us are still dealing with the wounds that our Father left us and we're still walking with that. So we understand that words and the way people live and the things they say to us carry with us for a long time. I can still remember every insult I was ever called as a kid in elementary school and middle school, right? Because those things get passed on. But today I want you to know that God is always forming you into be an incredible leader that is impacting people around you with the power and hope of Jesus, with the goodness of God. And that's what Joshua needed to know. Because you ever stepped into a situation that was a little bigger than you probably wanted to step into? A situation that was a little overwhelming? Well, God's saying, hey, Joshua, remember, the only reason Moses was so great is because I was with him. And I want you to know today that I am the same God that was with Moses. The same God is gonna be walking with you, Joshua. So you gotta believe that. You gotta hold on to that. You have gotta trust that. Local church, can I encourage you today that the same God of Moses, of Joshua, of David, of Elijah, of the disciples, the same God of Jesus is the God that we're talking about today, that we're experiencing in worship, who is walking with you today to help you walk through this life no matter what. Come on, it is the same. God. Now, I love Joshua. He's probably one of my favorite characters in the Old Testament because he was a warrior. I'd love to see a movie based on Joshua's life, kind of like a biblical Rambo. You know, I would just love to see that on screen. He did some of the most, the most amazing things. But the first thing that the Bible tells us about Joshua is that he would hold the word of God close to his heart. He would learn it, he would study it, and he would lean into it. Now, remember, he was kind of Moses's predecessor and mentee for a while. And we see in scripture that when Moses would go to what was called the tent of meeting and spend time with God, there would be these little footnotes in the verses that would say, and Joshua stayed for a little while longer because he just loved being in the presence of God. He loved spending time in what God had said and God had promised and what God has done. Can I give you something to do today about how to leave a legacy with our life, how to leave what we live? The first thing is that we've got to seek God's word intentionally doesn't just happen by accident. We have to seek God's word intentionally. 
And I want you to know what God is really speaking to me in my life is that idea. That too often this just becomes something that I hop into for a couple minutes on the Bible app or read a verse or two, which if that's what you're doing, keep doing it. I'm telling you, keep doing it because it's gonna build that appetite, that thirst, that hunger that you're gonna want more. But I really wanna encourage us today, we have to seek this word intentionally because what I, wanna, I, what I want you to know, what I'm holding in my hand right now is a literal miracle because it is the same story, almost word for word, that they wrote down thousands of years ago. It is the most supported and proven text in all of history. Some people say, well, what we have isn't what they wrote. That is a lie, it's not true, all right? They don't know what they're talking about. The Bible is the most supported and proven and backed up historical text of all time by the thousands of evidential pieces that we have. We know that what I'm holding today, what you're reading today, what you see on the screen is the things that Moses wrote down, is the things that Joshua wrote down, is the stories that the disciples wrote down. We are holding that today, so man, we should probably seek that a little intentionally in our life. I remember the old acronym of the Bible, right? The basic instructions before leaving earth. Now listen, it's not basic at all, but it is good instructions that help us take one step after the other. I promise you, when you get to this place where, like, I don't know what to do, open God's word. Find, literally, you could probably even Google, hey, I'm dealing with anxiety, I'm dealing with this, where can I go? And it'll give you examples. And if we open our hearts to it and meditate on it and seek God's word intentionally, he's gonna begin to speak to us. Because Joshua had to lean into a little bit. If we would go back to that verse from chapter three and verse eight, God says something very interesting. He says, when you reach the banks of the river, take a few steps into the river and stop there. Now, that's interesting. But see, Joshua, again, he had been someone who studied God's word. He had sought God's word intentionally. He knew that, and he witnessed it, when Moses stepped up to a river, what happened? When Moses stepped up to the Red Sea, the sea parted and the Israelites were able to walk across. So now he's realizing God is encouraging him to do the exact same thing. We're gonna see that in a moment. So seek God's word intentionally. The second one I think is really important too is allow God to have a say. It's one thing to know what God's saying. It's another thing to say, you know what, God? You know better than me. I'll do it, okay? Like, I'll just submit and trust you. I think that's where I've gotten into the most frustrating moments of my life. It's been when, yeah, I can quote you some verses, but when I am faced with a decision, I forget that, oh, wait, God knows better than I do, that I should submit and surrender and trust him. I just want you to know that God doesn't tell you things just to tell you things. God doesn't just instruct you to control you. He knows that he actually has a good idea of the way life should go. He has a good idea of the way we should decision make and move forward in our life and lead people and the legacy that we wanna impart on people coming behind us. But the most important thing is to allow God to have a say. It's one thing to know that you're supposed to stop at a red light. It's another thing to actually allow yourself to stop at the red light, right? It's a one thing, I can know all the good nutritional things I should do, but it's a completely other thing to actually change the way I eat and do healthier meals and things like that, right? Same thing with, yes, he Seneca knows. It's the same thing with the Bible, right? Like we gotta allow God to have a say. When he says, hey, just trust me. Be in my house. It's where you're gonna be encouraged. It's where you're gonna be lifted up. 
You were created with a purpose, and the only way you're going to find fulfillment is when you serve with that purpose to build the kingdom of God here on earth. Hey, I know it makes more sense to have 100% of your finances, but in the kingdom of God, if you trust me with 10, I'll be able to make that last and move and go a lot farther and be way more blessed than you ever thought possible. I know that sometimes you wanna just do whatever's comfortable, whatever's easy, whatever feels good, whatever you think is right, but hey, I'm, I have a different thing to say about that, and you might wanna trust me in these moments. Every time that I've leaned into comfort and what I wanna do, it leads to, I'll be honest, sometimes it does lead to a little bit of happiness, but it doesn't lead to joy, it doesn't lead to fulfillment, and it doesn't lead me farther down the path that God wants me to go to the full life that Jesus offers me. Can I tell you today that we gotta seek God's word intentionally, but the other thing is you gotta allow God to have a say because the third thing that's so powerful about leaving a legacy is to let people know that we have access to God for a reason. We have access to God for a reason. It's, it's this idea that when you go to a hotel room or go to a hotel, they give you a key card to your room, right? They give you that so you can have access to it. So that when you walk to the door and you're like, I can't get in, and you go down to the, the front office, I can't get in my room. Did you use the key? No, I can't get in. Well, that's why we gave you the key, so you could access the room, right? It's another thing to go on vacation to a hotel and know that you need to go to the room. You have access to it, but you're sleeping out on the bench because you just don't want to go upstairs. The, thing is, the same thing is true with God. You have access to the presence of God through his son, Jesus, and we have to be willing to walk through and use that in times in life when we need it. You have access to God for a reason, and God says, hey, would you just use it? Would you just trust me? Would you just step into my presence? And you gotta let people know that. The greatest thing, local church, we can communicate to our city, to our friends and family members that we see throughout the week, the greatest thing we can communicate to them is, hey, you can walk through those doors and experience God. There's a seat with your name on it. You belong here. You don't have to do anything to earn the love of your heavenly Father. It's available to you. But no mistakes, no past, no beliefs makes you have to sit outside those doors and look in. You have access. Because some of us, we remember when we didn't think we could ever have access to God. We had to stand at a distance. God didn't want anything to do with me. We have to stand on the riverbanks. We can't walk through. Because, man, if God knew what I've done or known what I've thought, man, he would want nothing to do with me. Can I tell you today, God knows what you've done. He knows what you're thinking right now. He knows what you're gonna do this week, next week, a year from now. And he still wants to be with you. He still welcomes you with open arms, no matter what. No matter what. Let's finish our story. So in John chapter three, verse 14, here's what happens. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now, I want you to see this. They didn't just go like a few feet in front of them. The Bible says that, or the, what scholars tell us is that they were a thousand yards ahead of them, paving the way, letting them know that, hey, you can just barely see us out here in the distance, but it's safe, keep going, one step after the other. Here's what happens. It was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks, but as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan, and the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. I have some pictures for you to see what's going on here. On the left is a picture of the actual Jordan River. This is a rendering of what this looked like. So here we are, the 
Tons and tons of Israelites walking through the dry riverbed, the Ark of the Covenant, which literally was the symbolic presence, actually not symbolic, the actual walking presence of God here on this earth, holding back the waters. And not only did God hold back the waters, he made the path dry and easy. All they had to do was step through it. That is the most important thing we can let people know, to know that, hey, there is gonna be a God in your life who holds back the waters that could destroy you, who holds back the storms, and he's also gonna make the path straight, very visible. The only thing you gotta do is take one step after the other and walk through this miracle that is happening. Walk through the way that God has made available to you, and if we can let people know that, and if we can live that in a really obvious way, we'll leave something that stands the test of time. See, now at one, at one point, we were the people walking through the river. Like we just needed, we needed someone to guide us. We needed someone to show us where to go. I wanna encourage you, as you grow, then you become the people who hold the presence of God. Then you become the people who are a thousand yards in the distance saying, hey, I know it's rough back there, but it was rough for me too. But all I did was trust God. I allowed him to have a say. I, I trusted what his word said. I knew I had access to him, so I just kept showing up one foot after the other, one step after the other. And now here I am standing in the miracle, letting the waters hold back so that I can usher you in to the healing and freedom that I now experience in God. We do not hold on to this as some selfish reason. It's the greatest message that has to be shared every minute, every hour of the day, in every neighborhood, to every friend and family member, in every cubicle, to let people know that, hey, God's with you. He's spoken good news over your life, and man, he just wants to welcome you back into relationship with him. It's what we're doing. God's parted the sea so we could walk across. In Joshua chapter four, verse 21 through 24, here's what happens after this little moment, and it's what we're gonna close with. Then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future, what do these stones mean? Now let me give you context of what he's saying. So I actually found this rock outside. It's really pretty that I just found it outside. But uh, what they did is they would grab stones much bigger than this. He sent one person from every tribe of Israel, 12, 12 different men, he sent them to grab stones as they were walking across the Jordan River. And he encouraged them that when they got the other side to place these stones down as a memorial. What does he say? So I want you to, this is literally God told Joshua to tell the people to do this. Hey, take the stone and lay it down on the other side of the Jordan River. For why? What do these stones mean? So that when the children and the children's children ask, you can tell them this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. The Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until he had crossed over. He did this so that all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful and so that you might fear the Lord your God forever. Fear is simply knowing that God is good. He's way more powerful than I and I simply trust him today. So they would leave this rock and be like, oh, that's a pretty rock. No, that rock symbolizes to you, son, to you, granddaughter, to generation after generation that God is good. He provides a way for his people. If he's done it then, he's going to do it now, and he's going to do it for generations and ages to come. It's the best thing that we can leave. We're probably leaving little stone memorials like this all the time. In the, it's, a, it's, a, it's the rock of a miraculous health report. 
It's the testimony of someone who came out of a storm and somehow God provided and made a way for them. It is a health report of providing a pregnancy when all the doctors told you no. It's walking free of addiction or anxiety or depression. It's a rock that you now hold to say, hey, this means that God shows up. It doesn't just mean that I, I worked hard or that the world helped me. It's a symbol, it's a memorial to know that God loves his kids and God loves to perform miracles for them to part the waters so that they can continue to walk across the ground and celebrate these miracles and see the type of God that I am. This is what it's about today. I want you to understand if I could give you, remember, it's not about what we do, it's about why we're doing it. Why are we doing this? Why are we leaving something that we live and keeping that intentional and seeking God's word, allowing God to have a say and reminding ourselves and people in our life, you have access to God. Here is our why that I wanted to give you today as we close. Our legacy to leave is to help people remember there is a God who leads them, who helps them, and saved them. You know, Adrian got me this gift a while back. It's, um, I don't know if you can see it, but it's a, little, it's a stamp, well, you can see it's a stamp, but it says local church on it. It's kind of our logo. And uh, she got me this little ink pad too, and I, I was trying to praying like, God, how could I illustrate this last point? And I thought about it this way. Like a lot of us, you know, we have, we have these tools. We definitely have this. We have the opportunity and potential to stamp someone's life with something. And we actually do have the choice to make that a good, influential, positive, uplifting, and encouraging thing that's full of kindness and full of joy and full of God. But if we're just trying to do it on our own, we're gonna to continue to try to do these things and nothing's going to happen because we've forgotten that we need to seek God's word intentionally, to sit here and meditate on what God is doing, to, to realize that the only reason I know that there is a God who loves me is because I've trusted his word to lead me. And I'm gonna like how many times I ever need to do it to gather up that ink, to gather up that goodness of God, to gather up all the things that he's done in my life, those stone memorials, so that my kids and people that are following me could say, man, what is God doing? This is what he's doing. These are the miracles that he's performed. And then, now that we're full, then we can truly make a difference on the page. We can help people. We can help them. We can let them know that God is good. We can let them know that God is for them. We can let them know that God has made a way. And the thing about this stamp, it's always gonna be there. And the only past participle verb in that sentence is saved. It's already happened. People need to know that God has already saved them through Jesus. Thousands of years ago, the Son of God gave his life on the cross with arms stretched wide to show the posture of God towards his kids. One that says, I'm willing to do anything to bring you into relationship with me. One that says, my arms are wide open to welcome you with a loving and forgiving embrace. And then to let you know, to whisper in your ear, you're forgiven and you're set free. You're my son, you're my daughter. Yeah, you may have messed up, but hey, I'm about new beginnings. I'm about parting the water to help you step into the promised land that I have for you. See, the presence of God doesn't have to sit within an ark nowadays. It's inside of you. It's here in this room where two or more are gathered. God's presence is. So what's our legacy? Hey, God's leading us. We don't have to try and figure this thing out. Someone's already figured it out for us. We just gotta trust him to realize that God is a God who loves to help his people. And that man, the foundation that we have, the rock foundation that we have, it's maybe not a rock, but it's the symbol of a cross. It's another man, God saved me. 
and the rock was rolled away, and that rock symbolized that the Son of God was alive today, conquered sin and death, and is with me in this moment. And if there's anything that I want to leave, it's for people in my family, in my friendships, at my workplace. Whoever I come in contact with, I want them to know that, hey, God's good. You can always call on his name. He is never going to turn you away. The door is always open. We have a seat with your name on it no matter what. And I'm going to keep inviting you, and you can say no 99 times, but that one time you say yes, I know God could do something in your life. Because there's a God who led me, he helped me, and I know today there is a God who has saved me. And man, that's why I look at my heavenly Father on this day and say thank you. No matter what I may have had earthly-wise, I was blessed. But you know what? It's all about my Heavenly Father God first and foremost. And you can step into relationship with Him today. We can leave a legacy that is eternal value. And we're going to leave what we live. So let's live. And people say, well, how are you the way you are? What's happened in your life? Our stone is, man, hope has a name. And that name is Jesus. Amen today. Come on, let's clap our hands if we believe that today. Come on, it's good, it's good, it's good. Let's, let's bow our heads and close our eyes today as we close. Thank you so much for joining us on The Local Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only He can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to local.church give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.